Neat Stuff Podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Neat Stuff Podcast. My name is Devin. And I'm Tyson. We're back for yet another action-packed episode of the Neat Stuff Podcast. Yes. Cat filled in uh, with a bunch of games, and now we're on to something more interesting. Well, I wouldn't say more interesting, but more timely. Yeah, and before we dive into the neat things, what have you been up to this week, Tyson? Well, Thanksgiving! Uh, not only did we have Thanksgiving with the family, which you thankfully cooked, I was able to avoid that. The next day, I then cooked another Thanksgiving for some friends that didn't have family in the area. So we kind of had a family Thanksgiving for the peoples that didn't have families available to them. Yeah, so if you're playing along at home, you'll notice that we are still two weeks ahead. Hooray! Hey. I haven't We haven't skipped on any weeks yet, and we hope to stay two weeks ahead, even if I edit the podcast one day before it's supposed to come out. So, yeah, I still have another podcast edit, but it'll be all good. Um, what's actually been eating up a lot of my time has been uh, shopping on Black Friday, which I normally don't do because that's kind of insanity. Or at least I don't go out at 5 a.m., which I had to do this time because mom was kind of um, had surgery recently and really wasn't able to drive. So I chauffeured some people around for Black Friday shopping. And then I came home and promptly played a ton of XCOM. Enemy oh. Unknown. So good. So good. Yeah, Kat's kind of mad at me really, really terribly because I play it like four to six hour stints of that at a time. (laughs) Yeah, which prevented me from editing the podcast until the very last moment. And, (laughs) you know, which she kind of got irritated at me about. But, you know, it's video games and it's really cool. And I have to save the world from the alien menace, which is, I guess, a good use of all your days off because of the holidays cool so let's go ahead and dive into our neat things what do we have first today well first up is uh something that i have been um using i've been using actually pretty extensively um allrecipes.com both me and molly use it pretty regularly uh the nice thing is is they have a really nice ipad app that's very simple to use and it's cool because it's got really easy search functionality you know um and if you don't know what you want to make you can just uh set filters for what you have so i have some chicken and i want to bake it and i you know maybe i'll have some rice and then you hit go and it gives you a bunch of user submitted uh, recipes that you can then you know search through and use i like them they're pretty good um some of them can be a bit hinky. Definitely want to check the comments on the recipes. Uh, if people have had problems with them, oftentimes they'll suggest workarounds and ways to improve the recipe in the comments. I use it a lot for inspiration. I come from the stone soup school of uh, cooking, which is you start with a stone, you put it in a pot, and then you just start tossing stuff in until you actually have something edible. It's the idea of all this food tastes really good apart. It must taste great together. Yeah, so so yeah, I use it for inspiration and sometimes just to actually, I do actually run recipes straight out of there and it's pretty good. Um, 
yeah so t- check it out uh it's really interesting and really useful yeah another great source for inspiration which <laughs> a little bit higher level than uh than a recipe um than a recipe website is iron chef Iron Chef. Oh, um, I you, love Iron Chef. If you haven't heard about it, um, it was started out in Japan as Ryori no Tetsujin, which literally translate to Iron Men of Cooking. And this was in 1993. So it's really old. Um, the format is one where a guest chef would come to the show and would challenge one of the three Iron Chefs uh, which were, you know, the recurring chefs that were some of the best chefs in Japan at the time. They would both have 60 minutes to complete a multi-course meal, and at the end, they would be judged, and whoever got the most points won. Now, what makes this show kind of really interesting and makes it more interesting than a normal cooking show is that it's is that there's a very special person who is very near and dear to my heart named Chairman Kaga. Uh, Chairman Kaga. He taught me to learn to love raw bell pepper. (laughs) Yes, he's awesome because he's the crazy millionaire who wanted to realize his dream in a form never seen before. So he built Kitchen Stadium where chefs would compete on the battlefield of food. Um, So it's really interesting because Chairman Kaga, every episode, would announce some sort of special ingredient that you had to use in all your dishes. So it could be cumin or it could be lobster. It could be noodles. It could be any, you know, it could be daikon, radishes, whatever. And everybody had to make all these recipes based off of this thing. So just watching it, you can see that, you know, you would have weird flavored ice creams and weird flavored soups and all this other stuff. So it was really cool. And it was popular in Japan um, I loved watching it dubbed. Oh my gosh, it was a lot of fun dubbed. What's interesting is that there's is that there's some guys who will stand who will sit up in the in sort of the press box and do commentary of what's going on. So they kind of explain sort of what's happening, and you get some really good shots of the techniques that people are using and all those other things. I mean, this is some really high level stuff, and you can actually pick up some really amazing skills just by watching the show. So uh, the show itself actually it was so popular that it spawned a couple of spin-off shows or a did you know sort of me too shows there was iron chef usa which is sort of the first shot at it was hosted by william shatner but it really didn't have a good impact because it treated it more too much like a sports event with yelling and not a lot of secretive competitiveness between the two people so they came back they canceled that show and tried it again with iron chef america now this one was hosted by alton brown who we'll talk about later mm-hmm. who's really awesome and it had a much better reception it showed a lot more explanation of what's going on they had a lot more interviews they had a whole bunch more um sort of understanding of what what's actually happening on the kitchen to make it understandable to the viewer at home um Then there was also Iron Chef UK and Iron Chef Australia. Those are relatively new in 2010. The impact's still trying to figure out. And then this year in 2012, they had Iron Chef Thailand and Vietnam. So there's a ton of shows out there. I really recommend that you watch the original Iron Chef if possible. They do have some of the Iron Chef America on Hulu, so you can watch some of those episodes. And it's a really awesome show, and I highly recommend you check it out. So as they say in the show, Alas Cuisine! (laughs) <laughs> well, if you are going to Alez Cuisine and are looking for 
some interact some fun videos to watch about cooking uh youtube actually has a lot of them and there are three shows that are my go-to cooking one tokyo gastronomy is the user is the channel tokyo gastronomy is insanely complex and just beautiful to watch it's it is cooking as art. Um, they have very complex recipes. They're totally using a lot of the current uh, molecular gastronomy stuff. Uh, my, I was introduced to them with a strawberry video where they took strawberries. They made a frozen ice cream with them. Then they took sugar and some more strawberries and made kind of uh, a taffy out of it which they then blew like blown glass into a shape of a strawberry. They filled it with that ice cream stuff. They candied the strawberry stems and attached the strawberry stem to the strawberry with a syrup made of more strawberry. I mean, it's just like, this thing is just strawberry. Wow, Kat's allergic to strawberry, so this is like instant death for her. It's amazing. <laughs> all of all of their stuff, all of their uh, videos are just incredibly beautiful and just very inspiring to watch. Yeah, this is they're cooking at such a high level. It's, oh, totally. This is high art. It's something that culinary students only hope they could ever aspire to. Mm-hmm. Now, a little bit more down to earth that you you can actually do is a great show called Feast of Fiction. And the cool thing about this show is that their recipes are based off of fictional sources. So they have the recent episode with chefs, chocolate salty balls from South Park. Um, in the past, they've done things like t- the Team Fortress 2's Heavy's uh, Sandwich or Butter Beer from Harry Potter. And my very favorite, which I am going to make and is going to be delicious, Water Tribe Noodles from Legend of Korra. They look so good and I so want to make them. Oh my nom, gosh. Nom, oh, nom, nom. Total noms. And if that's a little complex, still a little bit complex for you, there's always my drunk kitchen. <laughs> uh, I've seen this show a couple times and every time you never quite know what you're going to get out of it. No. Uh, the uh, star of the show, Hannah Hart, drinks and cooks and sometimes has special guests. Um, over the course of the show, she typically drinks at least a bottle of some sort of alcohol, be it champagne, wine, whatever. Um, she regularly changes kitchens because she's traveling the country and she roommates with people for short periods of time. I think it's like anywhere from four to six months, something like that, as she moves around. And if you're worried about language and alcohol consumption, yeah, this is not for you. This is pretty not safe for work. She, uh, the, the language gets a little rough and salty as she goes along. Well, she is drinking like a fifth, like an entire bottle of alcohol. And she's pretty, you know, not a very big and, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of body content to hold no. it. It's She's pretty thin and wiry. So, yeah, and... Sometimes she succeeds at what she's cooking and sometimes not. But regardless, it is always funny and you will have a good time watching it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's all a lot of fun. And I mean, there's, that's just the tip of the iceberg for cooking on YouTube. I oh, mean, so totally. many different people do cooking shows about all sorts of different things and shake the dickens out of it if you if, if you want to if you look at the video uh quick peel garlic you'll you'll understand what i'm talking about 
yeah which there's all sorts of little quick tricks and really cool little things now if you want something that you don't have to troll through the depths of the internet and watch really horrible comments possibly there's a great show on food network that really goes about and explains the how-to of cooking it's alton brown's good eats now now this guy is kind of cool because he tries to use humor and science and just sort of his basic know-how to explain how just like the science behind and the functionality of cooking. It's not just take this and this, put it together, and hello, you get your wonderful food. Just follow the recipe blindly. What he tries to do is educate you to how all the different things interact with each other. He's kind of like the Bill Nye the science guy for your stomach. So <laughs> he's very funny. I remember one of them, he was explaining how water content when you fry something works and he was using like a football analogy so the water was one line and then the fat uh oil was another and how you know if you get it too hot the water goes you know the 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 water vaporizes and goes away if it's too cold it doesn't quite cook it very well so it's really interesting on how he does this each episode has a theme and he not only walks you through how to cook but with what tools as well. It's very important because a lot of times he'll he'll just go to a store and say, you want this because this is really cool. You don't want this because it's single use. He hates single use items. The only single use item in his kitchen is the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Everything else has to be able to be used with two different things or be used different ways because he's not, he's not a big fan of the, of having a kitchen full of gadgets and gizmos. He wants you to have really good skills with really solid, you know, equipment. Um, there's, it's been so popular that there's actually 14 seasons of this show at which tops out at 249 episodes. It's, it's going to be the last episode. I don't think it's aired quite yet, but it's very, very close. And few, a few of the episodes are available on Hulu for free. Mm-hmm. Um, like five or six usually at any given time. Yeah. I recommend you go find the box set on DVD and you watch every one because you'll learn something new each time. And it is very entertaining to watch. And it's it's just fun. Your local library should have the box sets there. And they're usually pretty easy to check out. But now myself... I like to have some specialized tools. I like to go for impressive sometimes. And something that's really, that I find fun and has a couple more weeks left on it is combat kitchenware. Uh, it's a Kickstarter project. Uh, links in the show notes. Dinner is coming. Prepare yourselves. Basically, they take frying pans and they attach sword hilts to them. What more do you need? They're uh, custom gripped, uh, custom machine sword hilts that, you know, for easier gripping and more impressive swinging. But yeah, uh, check out the uh, check out the Kickstarter. The video is just hilarious. And yep, the product, I, I may be dropping 70 bucks on a new cast iron pan. So, yep. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. These, these things not only cook... But they'll be beautiful for when the zombie apocalypse comes. You'll have a nice, strong handle with a good heft to start hitting people. None of those chintzy iron ones. Well, I've got some. I've got some wall in my kitchen. I can hang it off on because they all have, uh, you know, O-ring loops on the bottom to hang it from. So yeah, very cool stuff. I just thought it was funny and ludicrous, and you know, 
and it takes a special type of person to have that on their wall in their kitchen. And it's a big neon sign that says, don't mess with my stuff. <laughs> don't make me get that frying pan down. Yeah. So it's kind of like the frying pan that you would see in a Klingon kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a weapon. So our last neat thing is a Korean drama that centers around cooking. So let's say you are not all that into like learning how to cook, but you still kind of want to see something cool and dramatic around the kitchen. The show Pasta is actually a great show to watch. Um, it's something I've learned just with Korean dramas in general is that what's nice is that they're relatively short. So they're only one or two seasons long and they don't drag on like some of the American soaps do. So this drama follows the story of a girl who wants to become a chef. Uh, through some very particular finagling, she was able to become a dishwasher at a very popular uh, Italian restaurant in Korea, which is kind of weird. Um, they like foreign food, apparently. Uh, for for about a year, she worked as the kitchen assistant, uh, washing dishes and grabbing food. And she was soon become an actual chef, given a frying pan had come, uh, come in as the lowest ranking chef. Unfortunately, on her very first day, the head chef at the restaurant leaves and a new chef comes to town who's who's famous for his Italian food. And this is all well and good and everyone's really excited and happy to see him. The problem is, is that he has one really important rule for the kitchen is that there's no women allowed. <laughs> and it's not to be sexist. You got to watch the series. It makes a lot of sense why he doesn't want um, women in the kitchen. It's kind of weird and he is kind of a jerk but he, he kind of grows on you throughout the series so unfortunately at this at this place half the cooks including our heroine are female so they have to fight to keep their job and eh, there's varying degrees of success um yeah some of the ways that some of them get fired is really hilarious and whenever he fires someone it's great just because what he does is he says in america you're fired it's just like really really cheesy bad american accent which is hilarious <laughs> so like any soap there's actually a bunch of romances that happen that collide with each other this person likes that person this person likes another person they introduce another famous chef into the mix who has a back history with the other chef and it's interesting um i'm not going to try and pronounce any of the main characters names because that's just going to end in tears because i don't know how to speak korean <laughs> so the main characters the the young spunky female character we call her goldfish <laughs> we have the very handsome uh you know main chef who's also in another drama that i know so is it you guys call her goldfish or she's called goldfish in the show um she actually has a nickname of goldfish in the show the the angry <laughs> mr angry chef or chefu um gave the girl goldfish you know because when they first met they met on the street before this whole thing happened and he helped save a goldfish that she had dropped on the on the ground <laughs> and was like no you got to save it so it's kind of interesting um there's a, the other chef from from the Italian restaurant is the pretty chef because she's female and famous and there's some back history which is kind of cool and then there's Mr. Fancy Pants who's kind of like sort of kind of has his eye on goldfish and sort of help you know cheer her on to keep working and the interactions between the four of them are really interesting and 
for a drama that's not just a cheesy soap, I mean, there everything happens for a reason. Everything is very funny. And you actually learn a couple really interesting cooking tips all at the same time, which some of them actually become pivotal plot points, which is kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, so getting rid of the fish taste when you're cooking, you know, with a frying pan, that technique is really important or, mm-hmm. you know, doing these very particular things. So I, I, That's cool. I think it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable, somewhat educational, but mainly it's a beautiful, beautiful romance. So I highly recommend you check it out. It's on Crunchyroll. So it's super cool and you should totally watch it. All right, then. Well, that looks like we've hit the end of what we're going to talk about. Fairly short show, but get out there, get cooking. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you've had any interesting cooking adventures, have you... Uh, beaten off anyone with a frying pan or, you know, had to engage in mortal kitchen combat. We'd love to hear your stories. So go ahead and wrap those up in an email and send it off to neatstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out all of our past episodes at neatstuffpodcast.com. It has the RSS feed to all of our past episodes. And you can even subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you could go and put a five-star rating in there, that'd be really cool because I want to make sure that people know how awesome this show is because we're pretty cool. Or a review, just even if you don't want, you know, anything you want to do, we'd love to have hear from you. If you think that we can improve on what is, I don't want to say perfection, but really close like seven, eight, nine miles away, you know, we're pretty close in comparison to, you know, not having a podcast. So yeah, <laughs> on that note, so on the, from the Neat Stuff crew, my name is Devin. And this is Tyson. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Neat Stuff Podcast is brought to you by Uno Sal and their latest products, Dead Sea Tupperware, A Thousand Years of Fresh-ish, and The Omni Kitchen. It slices, dices, makes julian fries. It will not break. Hmm. Broke. Call now for a great deal on a slightly refurbished Omni Kitchen.